Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Chad on Score North and scorenorth.com. And actually, it's Zolgad and Chip Scoggin, Star Tribune sports columnist. Conduits of Trouble is the show that we are, are recording on this uh, Friday afternoon. Uh, Chipper, I'm going to start you off with the most important question that I can think of to ask you today. Did you wrestle control of the TV last night from your son to watch the uh, Twins-Cleveland game, or did it stay on the NBA bubble and uh, the return of basketball? Because I know that he is a huge NBA fan, and I think you told me in particular a Ja Morant fan. Yeah, I didn't win that battle. Uh, (laughs) I I didn't have the heart to do it. They've been waiting so long for the NBA to come back, and so my my youngest is – um, I told you I went out for a walk and I came back and he's like, Dad, we got the NBA on. And uh, he was watching Utah and um, who did Utah even play? I can't remember. Um, but, uh, you know, I was wanting to click over and watch the Cleveland game and I guess I could have gone downstairs, but I watched it with him and then we watched the the Clippers-Lakers game after that. And we got the uh, we got the Memphis game taped today so he can watch job when he gets back from his <laughs> baseball game. So this is this – is, I don't know if my kids are indicative, but I just think young uh, kids love the NBA, you know, and they love these stars. And mm-hmm. um, and so to try to get him to sit down and watch a baseball game is pulling teeth. Oh, yeah. And, and the thing about b- basketball, too, is it's the perfect sport for kids because it's got stars, right? And, and kids, mm-hmm. I think kids now care, I believe, they care more about um, players and teams. And the other nice thing is if you sit down in the attention span starved uh, 2020s, if you sit down to watch a game, you're pretty sure that that game is going to end in a certain amount of time. You sit down to watch a baseball game, Chip Scoggins, and uh, it's a wild card. You might be there watching it for two hours and 30 minutes, and you might be there watching it for three hours and 45. So I think for kids, basketball just in some ways is the perfect sport because it caters to everything that they like. Yeah, it'd be you know I'm sure there's some kids that would much rather watch a baseball game than a basketball. But it, if you took a hundred middle school slash high school boys and said, okay, you can watch a baseball game or or an NBA game tonight, like LeBron or you know whoever, what are you picking? What do you think the percentage is? Oh, I think right now I think it's huge for basketball. I think it's enormous. I think it's probably if if. If you get 40% of those kids saying baseball, I'd be surprised. I I'd say more like 20? Yeah, I wouldn't think it'd be that high. Now, you know, Me neither. I'm sure there's kids that just love baseball and, and love the Twins and would watch them, but I, I, you know, basketball has done a marvelous job of marketing 
Um, they're the, I don't know if they're as good as the NFL is marketing. Well, maybe they're better. You know, I mean, when you talk about marketing stars, they certainly are. Yes. Um, but they've, you know, and it probably depends on what sports you like. And my kids are basketball guys, but um, but yeah, that that league has done a incredible job of marketing athletes. Kids know what shoes you can look. At, my my boys can watch. You know, see. 10 guys on the court and tell you what, uh, what shoe every one of them's wearing, you know? Yeah, so it's, I know it. Um, uh, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, we did, we did, uh, the NBA bubble is, uh, it's interesting. It's a different game. It's a little bit floppy. You can tell the teams have been off for a while, but, um, hockey's the same way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was wanting to watch the, the twins and, uh, I don't know. It sounded like they, we talked about that lineup. We, we found out if you run into a, a, a star pitcher, uh, that lineup can be shut down for at least one night. Yeah. I, I would say this after going to, uh, the game on Thursday night at target field, Chip Scoggins, Shane Bieber is good at baseball. He is a, <laughs> he is in, in the American league right now. He's gotta be, I would say a top three starter and look, Barrios was not bad. But yeah. the fact the fact is that when it comes to pitching, Barrios is the best the Twins got, and and he is the Twins ace. But I would not put him in the class of a big league ace. Bieber and, and the guy that the Twins are going to face on Friday night, Mike Clevenger, yeah. uh, at least Bieber for sure is a big league ace. Like he is one of those rare air quarterback types who you say if I can have one of those, I'm in pretty decent shape. Yeah, it's funny. I would I clicked over a couple times during uh, commercials, and man, that curveball! Mm-hmm. <laughs> he had him. Uh, uh, well, Eddie's going to swing it once in the dirt anywhere, Rosario. But um, there was one that bounced up there that he swung at. That thing was that that curveball was nasty last night. And so, yeah, I mean, it's the thing that's um, when you look at Barrios's line, it's not. It wasn't as bad as the opener, but no. he went five innings, John. I know. You know, and ninety-seven pitches, correct, or ninety-six? Yeah. It was too many pitches. Yeah. Too many pitches, which tells you his control is off. Yep. Um, and and that's the thing where, as great as this lineup is, Judd, and if you're if you're looking far out, um, if they're going to take that next step and, yep. and win a series, there's going to be a time where you have to win a three to two game, and I just don't know that. Um, they have that guy that you feel confident throwing out there, like some other teams, like Cleveland or mm-hmm. um, you know uh, Yankees um, with Cole. That you just say, okay, yeah, we're winning. You know, right? I, I don't know. We'd hope that Barrios would become that guy, but maybe he's just a really good number two or number three. Yeah, and, and Chip, the problem uh, for 2020 to me is very simple. You're going to make the playoffs because 16 teams are. Uh, but that first round, if, if you care, like if, if you are deeply invested in thinking that um, that the Twins might have a shot to win the World Series this season, um, the scary thing is that first round, you know, that's two or three. Yeah. And so yeah. so if you get matched up against a team that, let's say, has one ace or, you know, two good pitchers, that's a problem because if, if you slump for those two games or, you know, like we saw – last night just get thoroughly outpitched because Bieber was so good, you're done instantly, basically. Yeah, and, it, you know, obviously best out of three is better than a one-game wild card where, you know, it just takes something fluky. But, you know, I mean, now it, it's the advantage for the, you know, the the higher seed to have the home field advantage for those three games. But baseball's so weird. You know, you can have a pitcher just rise up and throw a great game, you know, on any given night. And so – 
it's still I don't know that uh, over the course of a long se- series um, the better team's going to win. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about just having to win two games, it might not necessarily be the better team. Just you know, um, it might just be a hot pitcher one night, or you know, something happened another night. So yeah, but um, I, you know, the Lions. And, and they they've proven they can hit good pitching too. It's just Beaver was really good last night. Oh, he's fantastic. His stuff was his, was electric, and so. Yes, uh, but it, but it's you know, I don't know that it's alarming the way Barrios has started, Judd. Uh, I'd say it's probably more disappointing than anything, right? I mean, opening day was bad. Okay. I, I that that was, first yeah, game he, he was just bad. Yeah, he got overshadowed because he scored ten runs and win, um, and Kepler's you know home runs, right. but. You know, he gave it all back there at one point. Um, it just wasn't good. And last night, it wasn't bad, but comparatively to the other guy, you know, and, and you only go five innings. And so, right. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not. I don't, like I said, I don't think it's alarming where he's at, but it's just more kind of deflating uh, if you're looking at it from a Twins perspective. Chip, if they were going to play 162, I would say, okay, not a great start, you know, for Bree else, but that's fine. But the problem is, and and this all depends on how, what your perception of this year in particular is. The problem is you don't have a ton of time. So every start, you know, ordinarily two starts in, you'd be like, well, Barrios is probably, he's not great, but you know what? He'll be fine by May or something, right? Yeah. But the issue now is if you take this, uh, you know, seriously, and I we could debate this, but if you take this incredibly seriously and see this team as my god they're really good and because they, they are in in some areas really really good if you take this in that manner then you can't just dismiss two starts no but he was he was he was better last night the, the thing that's that was promising is the strikeouts went up um his opener he just had one strikeout and that came late um he really wasn't getting fooling anybody um Last night he had some strikeouts. What do you, you have? Five? Is that what he wound up with? Five or six? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so that's encouraging. To me, it's just the fact that he went five innings and he had such a high pitch count. Six um, strikeouts. Six strikeouts. To answer your question. So that's encouraging. You yeah. know, six and five innings. Yeah. Um, but it's just the pitch count, and he's just um, you know two runs in five innings is not the sky's not falling. I think it's just it, it looks worse because of you saw what Cleveland's capable of doing with their with their aces. Um, that's where it feels different, you know. If it would have been just a random, you know, if if the other given up, you know, pitcher had given up five runs, would we have felt differently about this? Right. Yeah, probably. It's because of the circumstances, but um, but it would be nice to see a starter go seven innings, eight innings. <laughs> okay, see, I know. I know, you know, with the short ramp up, I don't know. Think if about who you're dealing with. Exactly right. Think about I don't know if Rocco. Mood, but no, um, Rocco don't like that. It would be nice to see it occasionally, wouldn't it? Oh yeah. Uh, so Marlins, Phillies, and now the, the Cardinals with COVID scares. What's your optimism right now compared to a week ago about getting through uh, a shortened season and actually crowning a World Series champion? Well, much less, um, and it's just. You know, the fact that now they have to come out and have seven inning double headers because they realize a lot of these games are going to get postponed, um, that they're going to have to have a lot of makeups. I don't know, Judd. I, I, I don't want to be the complete pessimist, but when you're seeing all these teams and having to do contract contact tracing, those, yes. you know, who, it's just it just seems like a lot. to. And we're not even – are we a week into it here? Um, 
to try to f- think that they're going to be able to survive, you know, through the whole season of doing this. I don't know. I, I, I'm losing losing optimism. I'll say that. Okay, I've got two thoughts here, and and, and I think that you're going to bristle at both thoughts. But hear me out, because I really believe that this is just about trying to play games. Okay. Like, there's no, we can't sit here and be like, it has to be normal and there's some type of sanctity to the schedule, blah, blah. There's just not. We can't do that. It's not going to to, to work. COVID doesn't care if you are an ace pitcher or, you know, an executive, right, or a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got two thoughts. One is, my first thought is, is this. Reassess the playoffs, get them to two sites, and play in bubbles. Because I think the bubble system at least gives you a fighting chance. Because the problem here is travel. You're going to different hotels. And and look, it's young people. You can't legislate, I don't think, to keep every young ball player from a bar. And I'm not even saying they do something stupid. But if they go out, they risk it. If they're in a controlled bubble like basketball yeah. and hockey. So one is if you can get to the playoffs, put those in, in two bubbles and play games all day. And I don't care about prime time. Bleep the prime time. Four games a day. Yeah, so just play games all day, day all day long there. But here's my here's my other controversial idea and, and it would need some it would need some thought and it would be difficult, but I think if a team falls out of the 16 team race, you got to get rid of that team because I don't trust that team not to go to take your pick, New York or St. Louis or something and be like we're out of this thing. Let's go drink. You're talking uh, about mathematically yes, I'm talking about like, once you're out, once you're out, you go home, and and look. Yeah, but you got scheduling, Joe. I know exactly, but that's my point. It is I think trying to get through the playoffs, Trump scheduling, and if it's going to be 16 teams, and we are literally now chipper making up rules every day. I think we yeah. just continue to go down the path of how do we just continue to play and play playoff games and quit worrying about any sanctity of of this is an official champion, which I think is nonsense, yeah. for, for 2020. What do you think? Yeah, um, well, let's start with the bubble. I like – obviously the bubble is working better uh, in sports to have it. I mean, you look at – Hockey, basketball, soccer, I mean, their testing is um, – they're just not having any positive tests, really, or very small numbers if they have any. So it's, the bubble is definitely, uh, you know, if you can do it. But, man, I mean, trying to play four major league baseball games in one city uh, in a day, because that's what you'd have to do. Um, More than create two? I, I'm, just saying, I'm just saying find towns where, where they're not considered hotspots um, yeah, and, and then play games there – it, because I just I think what gives you a chance to actually play playoff games full time is to put teams in hotels and say this is where you're staying and go with the bubble philosophy as opposed to well now we're going to go play the Yankees in New York and then we're going to go blah blah blah. Yeah, that that seems like it would probably work better um, than the other one because when you you're talking about eliminating teams, so if let's say I'm you know let's say I'm the Twins and I have. And I'm fighting for playoff positioning because you want to get home field advantage and all that. Well, I guess if you're in a bubble, you wouldn't have it. But um, right. It, it, but if if I'm scheduled to play, you know, two series coming up against two bad teams that have dropped off, and now all of a sudden you you just say their season's over, and how do you? Who do they play then? I mean, would you reschedule? You don't cover teams. Or you're in the playoffs. Yeah, you basically yeah. don't. I, I'm I just... like the bubble idea. I, I I think the bubble idea is because because now the you know you had. 
what, I don't know what the number is. Is it two Cardinals or whatever they said the number? That two Cardinals pitchers as of now, but if it's like the Marlins were, that means that you know by tomorrow we might find out it's five, seven Cardinals. Sure. But they were just in the in the visiting dugout. So, are, is the Twins game in jeopardy now? I mean, do the Cleveland players want to go into that that clubhouse? They did. <laughs> they they did on Thursday. They did without knowing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No. So, so we're, does, does that affect tonight's game? I mean, this is Friday. I don't know. You know, um, that's the fear. I mean, what kind of right. hesitation are Cleveland players going to have now that you know? Hey, I'm going in the clubhouse where I assume it was right. cleaned and disinfected as best as they could, as best they could, but. That's the concern, right? Absolutely. Well, and did did the did the Twins catchers get exposed? Did, did the plate umpire? Because yeah. that umpire and crew stayed here. So yeah. Now we we are just full disclosure about what we're doing here. We're recording this at twelve thirty on Friday afternoon, and as of now, the Twins are going to play tonight. Um, but you know what, Chip? I'd be tempted to cancel tonight's game based on this. The Marlins played Sunday, confident that their outbreak was going to stop. And it didn't. Mm-hmm. I, and that's why I just I think we need to as fans accept the fact that nothing is going to be the norm, that we have largely lost control. And if we can play some games and get some type of weird 2020 champion, let's just take that and, and you know, in three years, all look back and accept the fact that the champion and how we play games for a year was abnormal and really and really not the real thing. Judd, what would your appetite be if you know there's an outbreak and teams said, you know what, we're just going to dip down and play a bunch of minor leaguers, St. Paul, you know, or other teams that hey, we're just going to have to field. Okay, this lineup tonight, like the Marlins might. We're going to have yeah, we're going to have five minor leaguers. Yeah, um, you might. Is that okay? I, yes, because I mean, is that here's is the that, yes, yes, because here's the thing that we need to get past. I keep hearing mentions of the integrity of the game and season. When you're making up rules on the fly, they are making up rules. Like, they are just sure. making up yeah. rules. When you start to make up rules to alter a game that has been around for how long now, you are impacting the integrity of that sport in a huge way. But guess what? As a sports fan, I'll take this. Because my, my alternative is no games. And I've been yeah. there, boy. And that yeah. was not fun. <laughs> I I don't. I don't worry so much about the integrity because I think anybody realistically is going to look at this and it's going to be an asterisk, right? Whoever wins the World Series, that, that sucker is getting an asterisk. No one's going to think that's a legitimate World Series. Correct. Um, I wonder more about what will the optics be um, for fans if you know you have a bunch of players uh, testing positive, and then and uh, league says, you know what? Next man up, we're going to dip down and have a bunch of minor leaguers play. Is, are fans going to be okay accepting of that, or are they going to be more like, "What are we doing here?" You know, this is ridiculous. That kind of soldiering on with with well, uh, minor leaguers when you have okay, Chip. You know, I'll, I'll take what you just said and take that up a couple of uh, notches potentially. And this is what what they did in the uh, MLS bubble in Florida. What would you think if I told you that I was going to send the Marlins home and that they're just done? Yeah, I mean that, but 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 they had to know going in that this was a possibility, and that's why they gave them expanded rosters and have all these taxi sure. squads and and the guys. So sure. they they prepared for this. So to do that would be to say, well, we didn't prepare for this. Well, that, that's exactly why you had expanded rosters. Um, you know, God forbid this happens, Judd, but 
it'll be the real the real test case will be if somebody gets sick, like really sick. You know, I yep. mean, so far you hear people being asymptomatic and they haven't, and they're feeling no symptoms. They just have to be, you know, quarantined, self isolated until they pass tests. But what happens if a coach or player gets sick? And then I wonder if the if our perception or our willingness to say, yeah, just you know, keep going and, and plug and play with leaguers. I wonder if that if that narrative would change at that point. Next topic, how are they going to, and and for the purpose of your job and mine, I hope they can, okay? So I'm not saying this, saying that they shouldn't, but I'm going to ask you, how are they going to have a football season? Like, given what, uh, given what we're doing, the conversation that we are having with baseball, which I believe, you know, you can safely say, Chip Scoggins, is a socially distant sport, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, how are you going to have a football season? I have no clue. I honestly don't. Because, um, Judd, we're seeing – and it's not a, a huge number, but, I mean, the Vikings have had, what, five guys go on the COVID list, including Anthony Barr on yeah, Thursday? I think it, it was or, up to seven yesterday with okay, Barr. Seven. Yeah, I apologize. So seven. Yep. And this is just the intake process. Yeah. I mean, this is not even tackling contact. And so – I don't know. I honestly don't know just how they're going to do it. Um, I mean, it just seems that once you, they can take all the precautions and Lord knows it looks like they've thought of everything, you know, with when it's laid out, all the stuff that they have to do. But at some point you got to have contact in football and yeah. on each other and spit on each other and all yeah. that. I, I, I honestly don't know. I, I don't know how they get through it. Um, you can have expanded rosters, but I got to imagine once they start practices and games that, the number of positive tests are going to um, jump up pretty significantly. Absolutely. And and I, I would imagine if your starting guard gets it, that means your starting center might get it or your starting tackle might get it. And it's just, it seems to me like football is the one sport where, where a disease that, or a virus that clearly spreads easily is going to go through a locker room. And then once that happens, if you play a team, you know, if you play a team on Sunday and then start to have, Chipper, positive tests come back on, on, let's say, Tuesday. And so mm-hmm. the opposing team didn't know, you know, there's no way. Like, if I'm a right fielder and I get it in baseball, I might spread it to the opposing catcher or something like that weird. Yeah. But my odds are decent, right? They're not great, but they're probably very decent that I'm not going to spread it to opponents. Football is just the exact opposite, you know. If, well, yeah. Yeah, if I'm, if, if I'm a nose tackle and – I find out on Tuesday I have it, and I spent the previous Sunday, um, you know, going up against the center and guards. I just I don't understand. I, I want I want the sport to play. It's incredibly important to all our jobs. Um, so I don't want people to think that I'm saying I don't want football. I'm just very curious about how it plays out. Yeah, and it's just I, I mean, how would you do that in a bubble? You know, how would you how would you uh, yeah have enough yeah. Good question. Infrastructure to to and it just seems like the bubble, you know, when you I mean basketball's a contact sport. Heck, they're you know guarding each other, posting up on each other. You know that that just seems like if if you weren't in a bubble, that would be not that different from football, really. When you look at the amount of contact that goes on in an NBA game or whatever, but being in a bubble, obviously you can as much as you can limit it. But it, I don't know how you do it with football. I really don't. And so, um, I don't know. I it, it just doesn't if we're being truthful and realistic. Um, and this is not to say that guys are, you know, going to get incredibly sick and be all that, but um, it just, 
it seems like it's going to be a constant source of guys going on that COVID list. Absolutely. Um, yes. And I don't know that you're going to have enough players, <laughs> however big your taxi squad in football or your, you know, your practice squad is. I don't know it's going to be large enough to be able to handle just the fluidity that's going to go on in your roster. Do you? No. And it, that's the one sport too, where I think guys who get it, you are going to have guys get sick. Like, for, yeah. you know, for the most part, basketball players, hockey players, baseball, it seems like if they get it, they're carrying it, but they don't get sick. Um, football to me strikes me as the one where, and, and I think that's why, you know, we're starting to see linemen drop out probably wisely. Those guys are huge men. And I don't, I don't think across the board, they're worried they're going to die. I do think that they're well, no. concerned that they're going to have health problems and lung. And if your lungs go, you're done. Well, Judd, look what they already do to their bodies. Right. I mean, they're, they're already wreaking long-term havoc on their bodies. And now you don't know what this is going to do to your lungs. And, I, I do wonder, we're seeing a number of guys opt out, and I do wonder if, you know, the, as, as positive tests increase, if some of those guys are just take the stance of, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and opt out. Um, it's not worth it. I don't want to, you know, put myself in this situation. And I mean, it's you know, the, the Patriots have had, what, six guys opt out? Because um, Belichick's a genius. He's tanking for Trevor Lawrence. You know that. For, yeah, that's right. Um, so, yeah, I. I I don't know, Judd. I mean, you know, I, I'm with you. I mean, obviously, you're hoping to hold out hope that it, it works and it's safe, but it just it just seems like it's just way too complicated to be able to just get your arms around it, right? If you're football, yeah. Well, and it seems like they're going to try uh, because there is clearly financially a ton at stake here. Uh, but that be that being said. To go back to our conversation either last week or two weeks ago, this is the one sport where you fear they're going to try and that they've got a chance, uh, God forbid, of killing a player or a coach or something like that. Um, and, you know, if that takes place, what's the next step then? And it's just, it's so, there's so many players and some of whom, and coaches, and some of whom are probably or almost certainly, Chip, a high risk. That yeah. that this 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 feels like the one where you want them to play for sure, but you yeah. do say to yourself, the downside of them playing seems like it's the greatest among the major sports that are coming back right now. And we see Joe, we saw the twins make the decision for two of their bench coaches um, that were older and in, in that vulnerable group that they weren't allow them to be part of the the staff. Have we seen that in football? Step forward. I mean. Yeah, it's a stereotype, but the football coach is like, ah, you know, we're gonna, you know, no, I don't, you know, everything. But I, I don't know I, if I've seen a, a football team. I think you're right. Take that, take that lead and say, you know what, this coach is 68 or 70. Well, or should whatever. Kubiak coach? Should Zimmer coach? He's what, 63, 64? Yeah, I think Zim's 64, right? Yeah, I mean, is that uh, smart? I don't know. Yeah, I, I would be. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but it'll be interesting to see if any teams. Do what the twins did, and basically take the decision out of the coach's hands. You know, said, "Hey, right. we love you, we, we appreciate you. You still got a job, but you're not coaching this year." Yeah, um, I, I haven't seen that yet, but I won't be surprised if that happens. If we do play, um, how, how much do you think that across the board? But I'll I'll uh, hone this down to the Vikings in particular with Michael Pierce now, their big free agent uh, nose tackle Chip Scoggins opting out. With new mm-hmm. corners, which but which is not a COVID thing; it's their own doing. But how much do you think we need to rearrange our expectation uh, for the Vikings and teams across the board too in yeah. football 
given the fact that we know that Zim loves a couple things on defense, right? He loves the big yeah. run stuffing tackle in, you know, the big fat guy who's a- actually athletic in the middle of his defensive line and he loves corners. It seems that although they're not going to come out and talk about this publicly, that internally in Egan you would almost have to sit down and say, "Hey, the parameters or the ball game for 2020 has changed because there's going to be so many things that we already can't control uh, that we didn't have the offseason camps for. We basically didn't have training camp for and preseason games. And now Pierce is also gone. Yeah, Judd, I think for every team, I think there should be no expectations. Like, I don't think you go in this this season and say, this team should be good. This team should do this. This should be a Super Bowl contender. I just think it's whatever happens, happens. Uh, And there shouldn't be any – preconceived notions because you you have no idea what's going to happen to your roster. I mean, look at the, you know, right. uh, the, the, as we just mentioned, the Patriots, they've had six guys opt out. Well, that, that sort of changes things when you talk about what you expect. I mean, the, the Vikings paid a lot of money for a nose tackle and he's not going to play. Well, that changes things. Um, and so from week to week, heck, you may not have your starting quarterback. You may not have your star uh, cornerback. You may have, five starters that have to miss the game. So I don't think this is so um, out of their control. And then football coaches like to control everything. But right now they have no control. I know. Some of these things. They have, they, so they true. have no off season. Yep. They have no control over who's going to test positive. And so to say how this team should do this, I don't, I don't think. So I think it's literally whatever happens, happens. And um, if you're good, bad, or indifferent, that's why I was – when we talked, you know, ad nauseum about Zim's contract, that's why it never made sense to me that they wouldn't that they were going to make that a, this a make or break year because yes. how can you judge anything off this year, you know? Yes. And so I just think you just go day by day and and hope that you know you can have some semblance of a roster and not have you know star guys or frontline guys moving in and out. That's a great point. Answer me this then. Zim and, you're right, football coaches across the board, but, you know, Mike in, in particular, mid-60s, um, football coach, football, 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 defense, 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 has zero patience and, and like most people in his job, complete control freak. How does he get through this as far as, because, you know, there's a fighting chance, Chip Scoggins, that the week four injury report comes out and his quarterback is on some type of COVID list. I mean, it can happen. It's going to happen to uh, QBs. How are they going to adapt and adjust? Because, you know, if if Sean Mannion is to start three games for the Vikings this fall, it's not going to be shocking. It could happen. Well. And not to be dire, but what if your top two quarterbacks get it? Okay, and you're going with a third yeah. guy. Yes, and well, you know they always say what no excuses, and that's kind of Zim's model. There'll be excuses this year. Now he won't allow <laughs> it to happen. He'll he'll still say you got prepared, and he'll still say we have no excuses, or you know blah blah blah, and that that'll be everybody's motto. But but yeah, if you're if you're all of a sudden being forced into playing a guy who's you know has no experience or is clearly not ready. Well, what do you do? I mean, you can't forfeit. <laughs> you know, you no. So, you're going to have to play. Uh, you're going to have to play. And so that's why, I mean, this season could go any direction for any team. I mean, it really could. I mean, you can spend all this money in the off season and build your roster up. And on any given game, you could get thrown just a major curveball that you have, you know, you just did not expect to happen. And so you just got to 
do the best you can. And so I know, but these guys aren't. Will them lose patience? Yeah, sure, he probably will. These guys don't know that world. They they don't know the hey, just try world. They're always used to being like they they know that they can't control some things, but for the most part, you are now on a week to week basis of not knowing anything. Hundred percent. Yeah, and and I'm sure coaches will get frustrated, not with players that aren't good enough or that you know but just the situation i'm sure it's gonna be a nightmare for them sometimes um and you know there's always the nfl is unpredictable enough and with injuries and just different things that happen but this is so far off the charts that um you know you you have players opting out before you build a roster with something in mind and all of a sudden and to to their credit i mean players absolutely have that right and and good for them to choose their. oh i don't blame them one bit in football no i don't i wouldn't blame them but but it obviously changes the way you view your team and how you shaped it and so now coaches just have to adjust and it's going to take some (laughs) some weeks it might take a little magic figuring out how you're going to do it you know and it'll be interesting to see how these coaches handle it and navigate it i think the young uh, coaches to a certain point are going to have an advantage because they're probably more adaptable people but i really think it's going to be tough for the veteran guys who are used to you know i'm game planning and i'm on to the next team um you know so i could see a guy just off the top of my head i could see like a kingsbury or Mm -hmm. a mcveigh or a a guy like that thriving here because they strike me as they strike me as, and I might be wrong here, slightly more adaptable people. But I mean, football wise, this is going to be as weird as it possibly gets. It's weird yeah. in all sports, but you yeah. just always think of football people as being the most stringent. And this is how you know. And we we are going to start practice at eight a.m. You know, that type. Do you think? Do you think NFL would take the lead of what baseball is doing in postponed games if they've had an, an outbreak? I think they would. I I think they would have to. I'm. Not sure it's football. I mean, it's not like you can have a doubleheader, though, <laughs> you know, and so that would really screw up your schedule. I mean, you can't have. Would you push the season back right now, Chip? Would I push it back? Yeah, not I start. I would. Yeah, I mean, it, it might be delaying the obvious. You know, it might be a moot point, but I think I probably would. And you know, um, you know, whether they get X number of games in, who knows? But I think I probably would just to buy myself some time. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if a team gets, okay, we have 10 positive case. If, a, if an organization goes to the NFL and says, come on now, or 12 or 50, you know, in a week and said, we can't field a team with that many guys missing. Is there, you know, are they going to say, okay, we'll postpone this game. And then how does that affect everything else? You know, it'd be interesting to see how they handle that. Yeah. It's going to be weird. Um, last thing prediction. And I believe I ask you this pretty much on a weekly basis, college football golfers in particular, do you think they play? I think they're going to try like heck to play. I think they're going to move the schedule back, um, push it back, uh, which they've already done with basically cutting off the, the non-conference games. Um, should have a – that's all. There's been some reports that Kevin Warren's going to make a – the Big Ten commissioner's going to make a decision in the next five days. So probably by early next week we will know if, you know, if they're going to play, when they're going to start. Um but I'm going to say – I'm going to go 50-50 now. I'm going to say 50%. Well, that's not bad, actually, compared to our conversation yeah. a month ago or so. Yeah, I just think there's – I think removing the non-conference games gives more hope and push it back a little. Um, maybe that's being overly optimistic after we just talked about how you do it with football. Yeah. Um, and, and particularly the problem – 
you know, you can't have a bubble for NFL, and you certainly can't have a bubble for college. Um, <laughs> well, you could fact, if you really didn't care, but yeah, that you're, yeah, you're we're right. 130 FBS schools and kids come. That's the biggest concern, Judd, is when kids start going back on campus. Yes, it should be. And, and you're adding that much more. I think they'd have a more fighting chance if there were no kids on campus because you're limiting. But let's be honest, Judd, there's going to be house parties. They're going to bars. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's Yeah. That's that's going to be problematic. <laughs> so maybe fifty percent is too high, but um, I'm an optimist by nature. Now, if if football attempts to play, do yep. all fall sports have, have to attempt to play? Uh, I think so because if football is going to play, then you certainly can do the other ones. I mean, right. um, You know, I but mean, I mean, now you're getting it's getting more dicey because now it's more sports, and I, I'm just. I, I don't know, because football is such a cash cow in college, I don't know how much of a premium that they would be allowed to say, this is so important, we'll do it, and damn, yeah, and damn the consequences if we don't have, you know, tennis playing, which which yeah, that, could that, easily that, play. That's, that's bad optics, though. If you Agreed. Say, you know what? Agreed. It's really not safe for soccer and volleyball, but we need that football money, so we're going to put those guys Yeah, that's in. what I'm asking you. I Boy, if any conference does that, that's really bad optics. You know, Agreed. I, just, I can't imagine they would do that. Um, I think it's, um, if anything, I think you would take the less lower risk sports and let them play and push football back or move it to spring. But I, I don't think you would just say we need the money. Everybody else, you stay home because it's not safe. That would that would be bad optics. I'm um, with you, but I mean, I don't put anything past these people. And and you know, we know Chip for a fact that if they lose football. They're going doomsday. to lose millions yeah. of dollars. Yeah, yeah, it's doomsday for athletics. If, if they lose football, if, they, if, if they're not able to play, then you'll see a lot of sports cut because I, there's just no way. There's just no way schools can make up that kind of revenue um, by just you know cutting corners or pinching pennies here or there. They would have to make some real significant cuts if they don't have that football revenue. So that's why they're holding out hope. I mean, they're they're going to push it as far as they can, but right. Um, as uh, you know, as we talked about, there's all kinds of complications with that. Get that TV back, Chip Scoggins. Commandeer <laughs> right. that TV. Put that thing on baseball. Tell those kids to watch some baseball. I'm watching Twins tonight. No matter what, they can go to the basement. I like it. I'll talk to you <laughs> later, Chip. Thanks. All right, brother. See you, man. All right, bye. That's Conduit's of Trouble for this week. We'll do it again next week.